Although Itungo declined to accept having played a big role in Chagrani's participation in the race to the August House, she says she backed his decision. At her home in Magere in Wakiso district, Barbara Chagulanyi is coming to terms with the events of the past week, which culminated in the arrest and torture of her husband, Chadondo East MP Robert Chagulanyi. So he says when he saw his door open forcefully, he raised his hands in the air and they told him to kneel down. And he says before he could kneel down, he was hit by an iron bar. This is Freedom Drive a pathway leading to Bobby Wine's residence. Joint security teams comprising of the police and military had barricaded the road in anticipation of post-election violence. But it's now open after Ugandan court ordered them to vacate. I warmly welcome you to this Let's Talk Human Rights podcast episode. My name is Nangam Sokwinana, and I'm happy that you have tuned in again. Thus far, in our journey through Sub-Sahara Africa, we have met great personalities with very interesting stories. If you missed our previous episodes, listen in. You'll find these episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. As you may know, 16 days of activism against gender-based violence starts today. We want to take this opportunity to dedicate today's episode to women in Africa. This is the second time that we feature a special episode on 16 days of activism. If you missed last year's special episode hosting Elizabeth Maro Minde from Tanzania as our guest, do listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Friedrich Naumann Foundation has set itself the goal to strengthen women in sub-Saharan Africa. Particularly in rural areas, women and girls often battle hard times and suffer from discrimination by men. Not only in Africa, but especially in Africa, the proportion of women in leading positions in business and politics is alarmingly low. Today we find ourselves in East Africa again, more precisely in Uganda. In our previous episodes, we have visited Uganda twice and talked to human rights lawyer and director of Chapter 4 Uganda, Nicholas Opio, and Ugandan politician, singer, actor and businessman Robert Shagulani Sintamu, better known by his stage name, Bobby Wine. Human rights violations are rising in Uganda. Reports indicate that violent disintegrations of protest demonstrations and excessive violence by the security forces against the opposition parties, the media and the citizens are a reality. Violations of freedom of speech, press and assembly are at the core of said agenda by the incumbent ruling party. I'm very pleased that Barbara Itungo Shagulangani, the force behind Bobby Wine, is joining us today. Barbara is a woman and child activist, particularly advocating for the girl child. She focuses on encouraging young women and girls to prioritize their education. Her nonprofit organization, Caring Hearts Uganda, works on development initiatives in rural Uganda. They work to shape and empower the youth to walk the straight and narrow course in life and believe that only great foundations can guarantee a virtuous future. Since 2013, Caring Hearts Uganda has been on a mission to raise the living standard of young people through the promotion of proper menstrual health care, personal development and entrepreneurial skills. 
Barbara, you've often found yourself in the same predicament as your husband, facing regular infringements on your human rights. Your freedoms have been remanded, your life and your children's lives have been put in danger, and you know firsthand what it means to come face to face with the wrath of a dictatorship regime. Which state of intimidation attempts and situations have left a lasting impression on you? Oh, well, we have been facing intimidation for a very long time. Um, it is hard to pick out one of the incidents, but I will try. Um, two incidents. Okay, there are many. Allow me to have two. One of them is when I, my husband had been tortured in the military prison and kept away from us for about a week. And his driver murdered in one part of the countries where he had gone for a by-election. And um, very many people were also in prison. But that time he was badly beaten and he could barely walk. So he had a problem with his spinal cord and he had very many wounds on his body. So we had managed to secure him bail and we could not get good treatment in the country, so we tried to take him out of the country. So this incident happened at the airport. I was with him in an ambulance. We were scheduled for a flight through um, Entebbe Airport going to America. When we reached at the airport, we were roughed up by security, and he was plucked off his wheelchair and pulled out of the ambulance and thrown in a in a military pickup and I was pulled away from him. We were separated. Um, I could not help him. I could not scream for help. Uh, all I did was pick my phone and film what was happening, but then my phone was taken away from me. I have never felt so helpless. This is a man they had beaten and tortured so badly and I was trying to take him away for treatment, but they still they shamelessly came and found us on our way to the airport. We were at the airport actually, found us on our way to the hospital, plucked him out of the wheelchair and roughed him up and took him, threw him in a hospital which they know lacks even the basic treatment, not even a painkiller is available in that hospital. So that moment was my most painful moment. It, it's the one that made me realize that we're not dealing with the right kind of leadership and the people who were doing this to him were actually determined to have him gone for good. Mm. The second one was recent during the elections where I personally had to face um, the military, which was deployed at our house. We were kept under house arrest for 11 days without food, without water, without electricity. Our TV was cut off. Our networks, telephone networks were cut off. Nobody came in. Nobody went out. But in that house, my husband and I were stuck with a two-year-old baby. My sister's baby was living with us. So when they 
put us under house arrest. They closed us in our compound. We have a big piece of land where we do our own gardening. So they made sure they cut us off from the water source because we pump our own water. And they cut us off our gardens because we grow our own food. Then they kept us in our house, like in a small confinement. So the second incident is when I tried to get out of the house compound to go to our garden to pick food for us. There were these heavily armed men standing at the gate. So when I reached, I tried to speak to them to say, we have been here for close to six days. We have nothing to eat. We don't have water because you cut off our water from down there. You know, our water comes from down there. We have no food. You've denied anybody to come in. Will you please let me go down and get some potatoes or some cassava and some matoke for the baby we are living with? Mm. Before I could even explain, there was this man pushing me off the gate with his chest and rubbing his groin on me and pulling my breast. I have a recording because I anticipated that was going to happen. That was the first physical violation I got. I think we've already touched on our next question, which I was going to share with you. Um, So thank you very much for sharing that very personal and raw account of your experiences. What I would ask is, how is it to be the wife of Ugandan musician and political opposition leader, Bobby Wine? Um, Now, we have two people in Bobby Wine. (laughs) One is the musician. The other is the politician. Ah, actually, we have the third one. The husband. The husband. I was going to say. <laughs> and the father. <laughs> so I am living with so many people in one. But how is it living with musician Bobby Wine and musician politician Bobby mm. Wine? It is good and the bad. It is a bittersweet experience. And both of them are in extremes. Uh, living with him is living in a classroom. He has taught me so much. Living with him is empowering me. I sit and learn from this man every day. Learn to love myself. Learn to love and work hard for the people who cannot be in a position to speak for themselves or do things for themselves. It is so much fun living with Bobby Wine. He is... uh, Very, 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 very funny man. He just chooses when to pull out the funny character. But Bobby Wine impacts everybody that he meets. He impacts me too, positively. And my life has changed because I get to hear from him speak to me every day. People love him. Those who love him love us too. So we meet a lot of love from people. We don't get to line up for certain things. We get favors. Sometimes we don't have to ask for what we need. People just give it to us. Because of the work he has done, some people hate him so much and it trickles down to us. Uh, We get people who don't want to see us. We get people who deny us our rights simply because of what he does. So it is a bittersweet experience when you find the people who love him 
it doesn't matter what procedure you have to go through to get something. They just bring it to you. When you find those who don't love him, you may try all your life to get what you deserve because they'll make sure they're the obstacle that, that are in there to determine that you don't get what you deserve to get. So it's a bittersweet experience. And you get very cautious when you, want, you meet someone, you ask yourself, is this person for us? Is this person not for us? So you take a minute to understand how to deal with that person. It's a bit hard living <laughs> uh, as a wife of Bobby Wine, but it is really exciting when you meet the person that believes in what he fights for. That's that's good to hear. Um, we've got a well-rounded uh, relay here of Bobby Wine having the four-in-one persons that Barbara lives with, the husband, the father, the politician, and also the musician. Barbara, there is a famous photo of you and Bobby, which was captured when you landed in the USA for his medical treatment, which was just after the brutal assault. What do you say about Bobby's tireless efforts and fight for freedom? I say Uganda is blessed to have a son who is fighting for her liberty. Uganda is blessed to have a son who has decided to live his youth time and chosen that his future will be for fighting for Uganda's freedom. I think Uganda is blessed to have Bobby Wine and the people that work with him because he doesn't do all this alone. Bobby Wine has tried to use all fronts to fight for the people who can barely speak for themselves, to use his music, to use his voice, to use the arts, and then also to try and do politics as a career, to create a means to bring freedom to those who lack it and they're the majority in our country. So I think Uganda is really blessed to have him. Yeah. And what would you say drives and motivates you to continue? Um, the achievements we have got so far. The war is not in vain. When we started to speak for the youth and those that can't speak for themselves, there was not so much response from the youth themselves. But today, the youth are more involved. They're more attentive um, about the governance of their country. They ask questions. They feel like they're part of the nation and they deserve to know what is being done to to bring the best for them, they are more involved. If you look at the parliament now, we have younger people who have taken part in the politics. If you look at the music, they are singing liberation songs. If you listen to the young people, the leaders in the schools, they're speaking and asking for freedom on different, on different fronts. It was never like that until he came. So what we have achieved so far gives us the energy to push harder, because we know that we are achieving something and probably we might achieve more if we keep pushing hard. What else keeps me going? We are doing the right thing. There's nothing wrong that we are doing. We're doing the right thing, demanding for freedom and demanding for the equal rights 
and demanding that we are told what concerns us and that everything is transparent with our governance. So we're doing the right thing and that keeps us going. Yeah. Even amidst all the challenges, we know it is not going to be a slope, mm. but we are mm. pushing because we know that we're doing the right thing. That's good to hear. Um, and may those achievements multiply. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah. Still in the face of unimaginable challenges, you power forward in the belief that Uganda will see freedom in the near future. Your true nature as an activist is revealed through your commitment to the cause of fighting for the rule of law, human rights and democracy in Uganda. What does freedom mean to you personally and what role does it play in your life? Um, to me, freedom means the inherent right to speak and act and do the way I want. And I think it's general description of freedom for someone to be able to be human because it's a right that is given by us just being born. Mm. And uh, freedom to me means being able to express yourself, being able to get a job, being able to start a family, being able to worship the way you want, being able to associate with whoever you want and being able to speak for those who do not know their freedoms. Mm. Freedom enables me to have children. It enables me to make sure that I come here because it's for freedom that I choose to leave my country and come. Mm. Freedom enables me to speak for everybody else that needs to know their rights because not so many people know their rights. So I am free to express myself and show them that this is what they deserve. So yeah, freedom is something that everybody should experience and it's something that should never be taken away from anyone. And reflecting on how you cherish freedom, would you say, were there times when you wanted to give up? Those times happen. Sometimes, but not to the extent of wanting to give up. You know, I can equate it to when you go to work and then you have a clumsy day at work and things are not going well. When you go home, you don't say, I'm quitting. <laughs> you just say, ah, that was a hard day. That was some not nice day today. You sleep over it and then in the morning, wash your teeth and wash your face and say, let's go get this. There are times like those, but they do not equate to completely quitting. Uh, on the larger magnitude, we, I have not thought of quitting. No, not at all. You know, there is, there, is, um, there is something that Bobby sang in his song. He said that freedom does not come to those who cry. It comes to those who fight. Mm -hmm. So... When you quit, of course, you're crying. You're not fighting. And freedom does not come. It is not given to you. You have to go and grab it and fight for it. Uh, so quitting will never bring you freedom. We know quitters are never winners. So you wake up and go on and go for it again. 
it's just a hit you fail somewhere then you get a bit demoralized but it doesn't equal to completely giving up mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah now let's talk a little bit about your projects um your projects are mainly aimed at young women what does it mean to be born and to grow up in Uganda as a woman and can you tell us a little bit about your personal experiences Uganda is a unique country we have 56 tribes that means 56 and more cultures so as an african and as an african girl you know when your parents raise you they raise you in the confines of your culture they teach you what your culture says and so that's what you grow up knowing until you mix and mingle with everybody else at a certain age that you realize they're different ways each one of you has been brought up so in this uniqueness girls are brought up differently in our culture in, in our different cultures in Uganda we have those who do genital mutilation that's a culture you have those who believe in early marriages that's a culture you have those who believe in selecting a spouse for you the girls they the spouses that's a culture we have a culture where the women's fend and uh, look for the needs of the family while men stay home and drink that's a culture we have a culture where the women pay dowry to the men <laughs> so depending on which culture you're raised in Uganda the experiences are different you asked what my experience was i just wanted to give you an overview of what it is um <clears throat> my experience is not different from most of the african girl children you know even when these cultures are different we have some uh similar similar small similar things that are african we do the chores at home mm-hmm. i did all the chores while my brothers just grazed cattle and played football we fetched the water i fetched firewood i cooked i carried my little siblings on my back i took them to the garden for my mother to breastfeed don't ask me what my brothers were doing <laughs> then um what else did i do oh, i was taking care of the family my parents were career parents mm. uh they were doctors so they were never home i am the elder sister i raised literally raised every of the four siblings that come after me but i am lucky to have gone to school as taken to the best schools because my parents knew the essence of a good education so they took me to the best uh, boarding school that there was but on holiday i did all the work all the donkey work so it was a bit more physically draining and um even when we had many people in our household uh there was a lack of help from the boys the boys were the kings they did nothing much so it was a bit hard being a girl while growing up but i am glad that i went through all that cause today there's nothing i can't do mm. but still it shows me that i have to fight so hard for the equality 
and for the proper division of the work at home between the girls and the boys, irrespective of the sex. Now I know what to fight for because I have been there. Now that you know what to fight for because you've had the experience, what kind of Uganda do you want to see for your children? Firstly, I want a Uganda where my children will be children. I was a child, but I was doing so much work. There is a lot of child labor in our country. The child labor in the cities is different from the kind of child labor in the rural areas. In the cities, they're out there in the slums collecting plastics for sale, collecting um, metals for sale. They're doing some stone in some work in the stone quarries. The younger, younger, little children. The others are selling stuff on the streets. They're, they're, they're vendors on the streets. Other young children in the markets, they sit there and sell with their parents. Actually, um, most little young girls are working as house helps below, between the ages of 12 to 18. So I want a Uganda where my children will be children. I want a Uganda where all children will be children, being cared for by their parents, being protected by their parents and their leaders and their communities. Then in future, I want a Uganda where my children have jobs, where the unemployment level will not be as high as it is, where my children will not have to leave the country to go to the Arab countries to work as house helps. Because right now, I think the best export our country has is the young labor we are sending out to Oman, to Jordan, to Dubai, to, to um, Abu Dhabi. To work as house helps and as carries, as carries are like um, security guards. I want a Uganda where my children will stay and ex- express their talents and then earn from them. And where they will not be imprisoned for nothing and where my children will not disappear and nobody will be responsible for their security. I want a Uganda where my children will do a business and not be scared that tomorrow any major general will come and close it with no explanation. Thank you very much for sharing your reflections with us, Barbara. Um, What kind of challenges would you say you deal with at Caring Hearts Uganda? Um, Caring Hearts Uganda, our motto says, uh, Caring Hearts Uganda, touching lives, transforming communities. Generally, we want to touch and transform lives in different ways. But right now, what we're doing is we're working with teen mothers. Mm-hmm. With the coming of COVID, there is an increase in the number of teenage mothers. Uh, the numbers are skyrocketing because our schools have been closed for over two years. They have been closed. Uh, the parents have the children in the houses growing old. So like, if I take you back to what I said about cultures, the cultures which believe in early marriages have like married of the girls. So we have very many young and educated mothers. So we're out there teaching them how to look after their children and also skilling them because most of them ha- don't have a proper education. So we skill them in how to tailor, how to make crafts, how to make liquid soap, how to start up a small business for themselves, how to make a chapati, how to bake. So we want them to be able to learn a skill so they can earn a living for themselves and their children. So we're in the communities teaching these young mothers how to manage a life on their on their own. 
But before COVID came, we went to schools and empowered girls and encouraged them to stay in school. So we also did uh, sanitary uh, pads, taught the ones in the rural areas how to make their own sanitary pads using their hands and using the resources in their vicinity because a sanitary pad is very expensive in Uganda. And most of the girls have left school because they lack a sanitary pad. They can't go to school in those five days. They stay home. So it impacts their school performance and some end up not liking to go back to school. So they get married off very fast. Our work rotates around the girl child, their education and their well-being. Now, before we have to come to the end of this exciting episode, please do allow me one last question, Barbara. Mm -hmm. It's 16 days of activism. Do you have an empowering message which you'd like to share with our entire female leadership today? Uh, first of all, I'm very proud of the women that have come out to speak against gender violence, violence against women and children. Not many women come out to speak about this issue. You know, the delicacy with this issue is that it happens behind doors and women have been taught to keep secret what happens in their bedrooms and in their houses. But for one to come out and speak out, it is applaudable. First, I will applaud them for coming out and frontlining this, uh, this kind of activity and activism. Um, the advice I'll give them is please speak louder and impact other people in other countries because this just began in South Africa. But we need to see it spread wings to the other parts of Africa. Yeah. And thank you very much for interesting insights that you've shared with us today, Barbara. It was amazing having you in this podcast and in the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow, this was a very personal interview experience for me today. Having Barbara in the studio with me was incredible. And hearing her story in person was emotional and inspiring. The things that stood out for me in our conversation are the personal journey and cost of being a human rights defender cannot be underestimated. I was particularly struck when Barbara spoke of the fact that she has never considered giving up, even though there have been some extremely hard times. What I also enjoyed hearing about was the different experience that she has of Bobby, Bobby the musician, Bobby the politician. And then Bobby, the husband and father. It's important to remember that activists are people just like you and me, with families and personal lives, and then there are more public roles in advocacy work and all that comes with that. The future that Barbara wants for her children is really a great vision for Uganda and Africa in general, one of equality and opportunities for all to flourish, no matter their gender and political beliefs. This has been our special episode of Let's Talk Human Rights, the FNF Africa podcast exploring human rights issues. We hope you enjoyed it. The Friedrich Naumann Foundation Sub-Saharan Africa is an independent German organization that is committed to promoting liberal ideals and politics in Africa, such as human rights, the rule of law, democracy, innovation, digitalization, and free trade. By conducting campaigns, media events, seminars, workshops, study tours, cultural happenings and training courses, the Foundation promotes human rights including freedom of expression, 
freedom of the press, children's rights, and LGBTQI plus rights, and engages against violence against women and capital punishment. If you are interested in our activities, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Simply check for Freedom Foundation Africa.